Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. Devin Nunez Sweat Glands. Devin Nunez Sweat Glands are the hardest working sweat glands in America. Chairman Adam Schiff's slightly too big brown leather chair, because the chairman of the committee gets the coolest chair. At Adam Schiff's slightly too big brown leather chair company, we put the chair in chairman. And New Recollections, a fragrance by Gordon Sondland. When you suddenly recall what you conveniently couldn't recall, New Recollections is the new and ever-changing fragrance by Gordon Sondland. New Recollections by Gordon Sondland, because perjury by Gordon Sondland smells like bullshit. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And we keep the volume of our voices in the same secret location where Jim Jordan keeps his jacket. Our top story this week... As the evidence from the impeachment inquiry piles up against President Trump, the pile of people President Trump has thrown under the bus piles up proportionally. At this point, there are more former members of the Trump administration currently under the bus than there are current members of the Trump administration. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of President Trump discussing his impeachment strategy with one of his few remaining White House aides. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman because we hear he hates that. The wheels on the bus go crush, 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 crush. The wheels on the bus go crush, crush, crush. Trump is the best. Mr. President, Colonel Alexander Vindman, a decorated war hero with an impeccable record of service and integrity, has testified that you demanded political favors from Ukrainian President Zelensky. The war hero under the bus is never Trump, never Trump, never Trump. The war hero under the bus is never Trump. Why is he in uniform? Uh, Mr. President, Ambassador Sondland, your hand-picked political appointee, who you named EU ambassador and then inexplicably put in charge of Ukraine after he donated a million dollars to your inaugural slush fund, is testifying that you personally ordered a quid pro quo which conditioned military aid on political favors. The ambassador under the bus, I hardly know, hardly know, hardly know. The ambassador under the bus, I hardly know, we barely met. Sondland's testimony implicates you, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Vice President Pence. Mike Pence under the bus keeps Republicans in line, Republicans in line, Republicans in line. Mike Pence under the bus keeps Republicans in line for fear of President Pelosi. Mr. President, all of the testimony points to the fact that you orchestrated a bribery scheme in Ukraine with Rudy Giuliani. Me and my personal attorney have never met, never met, never met. Me and my personal attorney have never met, just like Michael Cohen. This is serious, Mr. President. Bribery is the one crime specifically mentioned as an impeachable offense in the Constitution. The Constitution under the bus is rigged against Trump, rigged against Trump, rigged against Trump. The Constitution under the bus is rigged against Trump. James Madison is a hoax. Eventually, you're going to run out of people to throw under the bus, Mr. President. Everything points back to you. You can't very well throw yourself under the bus. The Trump under the bus is not really Trump, not really Trump, not really Trump. The Trump under the bus is not really Trump, Trump isn't Trump. What does that even mean? 
It doesn't mean anything, but they'll make sense of it on Fox. Make sense of it on Fox. Make sense of it on Fox. It doesn't mean anything, but they'll make sense of it on Fox. Hannity's my bitch. So I guess there's no chance of talking you into resigning? The Trump on the bus will never leave, never leave, never leave. The Trump on the bus will never leave. Bus driver for life. Me, 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 me. Chick-fil-A. The controversial conservative Christian Chicken Sandwich Company That's an awkward adjective cluster announced that it would no longer make charitable donations to the anti-LGBTQ organizations, the Fellowship for Christian Athletes, and the Salvation Army. Chick-fil-A's announcement has been met with, quote, cautious optimism by LGBTQ rights organizations who believe the move is a positive first step, but remain skeptical about the famously anti-LGBTQ company's commitment to LGBTQ rights. Meanwhile, the announcement has been met with outrage by conservative Christians, who feel betrayed by the conservative Christian chicken sandwich company's perceived abandonment of conservative Christian values. Barely Audible Whisper filed the following report from a local Chick-fil-A. It's Sunday. They're closed. Barely Audible Whisper went back on Monday to file the following report. Even though I no longer feel like eating at Chick-fil-A, because for some reason Chick-fil-A cravings only occur when they're closed on Sundays, I returned to Chick-fil-A to speak with a liberal pseudo-activist who is returning for the first time since boycotting Chick-fil-A became fashionable in 2012 because of their anti-LGBTQ stance. Oh my god, this is so good! I haven't had Chick-fil-A in seven years. So you've decided to eat at Chick-fil-A again. Despite the fact that the prominent LGBTQ organization GLAAD warned that people should, quote, greet today's announcement with cautious optimism. What? GLAAD's statement went on to say, quote, Chick-fil-A still lacks policies to ensure safe workplaces for LGBTQ employees. But I thought we won. And should unequivocally speak out against the anti-LGBTQ reputation that their brand enjoys. Let's talk about while a milkshake. Are you using a straw? Yes. But only because I thought this was a special occasion because I thought we won. And also, it's a milkshake. You're using a straw while abandoning your boycott to celebrate the half-measures and meager first steps that LGBTQ rights organizations are universally skeptical of. I'm a bad liberal. Perhaps, but who honestly thought that a liberal boycott of a conservative company would ever yield even the most incremental change? This change in corporate behavior is far from insignificant. So, can I eat here or not? I don't care. It's not Sunday. But it would be a mistake to ignore the fact that Chick-fil-A is no longer donating to anti-LGBTQ religious organizations. What? Did you say Chick-fil-A is no longer donating to anti-LGBTQ religious organizations? We won! This is an outrage! The only reason I eat here is because they donate money to anti-gay causes. I'll never eat here again! 
you only eat at Chick-fil-A because they donate to anti-LGBTQ organizations? That, and their sandwiches are delicious. But ever since those idiot snowflake liberals started boycotting Chick-fil-A, I eat here to support Chick-fil-A. So you started coming to Chick-fil-A more often to support them during the boycott? No, I come here exactly the same amount of time, which isn't very often. Because for some reason, I only ever seem to crave Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. How is eating at Chick-fil-A exactly as often as you did before the boycott supporting them against the boycott? Because whenever I eat at Chick-fil-A, it sends a message to the liberals that liberals are stupid for boycotting a company just because the company goes against their own political beliefs. But you just said you would never eat here again. I can't support a company that goes against my beliefs. What if I only eat the nuggets? What? To reconcile my total boycott with the half measures the company has taken. Chicken nuggets are the Chick-fil-A menu equivalent to political half measures. That's the news from Chick-fil-A. Where, for some reason, the chicken sandwich continues to play an important role in the struggle for LGBTQ rights. Again with a straw. It's a milkshake! Devin Nunez, the shifty-eyed Republican congressman who is currently suing a fake cow for defamation, compared the impeachment inquiry into President Trump unfavorably to the Spanish Inquisition. Because apparently Devin Nunez understands less about history than he does about defamation law. For a closer look at the complete lack of historical parallels between impeachment and the Inquisition, Barely Audible Whisper pulled up audio of the Spanish Inquisition from our Suspension of Disbelief files. Ah! I can't take it anymore. Please stop torturing me. I will continue to torture you until you confess. Fine, I confess. There was a quid pro quo. A what? A quid pro quo. It's Latin for bribe. I understand a basic Latin phrase. I'm a 15th century Catholic official. Then why did you ask? I'll ask the questions here. I'll confess. That was a command, not a question. <laughs> confess. I did confess. There was a quid pro quo. I don't care about a quid pro quo. Now confess. Bribery is an impeachable offense. Impeachment doesn't exist yet as a legal concept in this point of history. I, I don't know what else to confess. You, you can see my tax returns if you want. They contain lots of evidence of money laundering. I don't mean confess as in confess to a crime. I mean confess as in confess your faith in Catholicism. Oh! Right, because the entire purpose of the Spanish Inquisition is to consolidate the power of the monarchy by instilling fear and, and imposing religious unity. Duh. The office of the Grand Inquisitor exists for the sole purpose of flagrantly abusing executive power. You'd have to be a complete idiot to analogize the Spanish Inquisition to a constitutionally prescribed process specifically designed to prevent the flagrant abuse of executive power. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Ha <laughs> ha, me too. 
Now confess. <laughs> but what if, strictly for the purpose of the analogy, the entire focus was on an unfair presumption of guilt instead of the principle of innocent until otherwise proven guilty? This isn't a criminal proceeding. This is a convert to Catholicism or die proceeding. So comparing the Spanish Inquisition to an impeachment hearing would be dumber than suing a fake cow for defamation. What kind of idiot would sue a fake cow? Even in these ages that are so dark that I wouldn't be surprised if they one day are called the Dark Ages, nobody's dumb enough to sue a fake cow. <laughs> Suing a fake cow? These are almost enlightened times by point of comparison. Ah, what's a time to be alive? Now confess. Ah! Ow. But to be completely fair to the analogy of the cow suing moron, the Spanish Inquisition did bring up some members of the Catholic clergy on trumped-up heresy charges, and those clergymen were afforded no real ability to defend themselves. Uh, that's a big stretch. And speaking of a big stretch... <laughs> first of all, that is not a natural association with the Spanish Inquisition. That's like the fifth thing that comes to mind when people think about the Spanish Inquisition, if it comes to mind at all. More to the point, the heresy trials are basically the same thing as forced conversions. They aren't criminal proceedings. They're agree with my interpretation of Catholicism or die proceedings. So, analogizing the Spanish Inquisition with impeachment proceedings is a bigger stretch than... What I'm doing to you right now. <laughs> I, speaking of which... I, I think I'd like to convert to Catholicism now. Ah, oh, thank God that's over. The torture I inflicted on you pales in comparison to the tortured logic of comparing the Spanish Inquisition to impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> Who sues a fake cow? <laughs> <laughs> Last Saturday afternoon, President Trump was unexpectedly taken in a motorcade to Walter Reed Medical Hospital for what the White House claims was a head start on the first phase of his annual physical. But since that's not a thing, and the president lying about everything is his thing, speculation and conspiracy theories have exploded on the internet. Because speculation and conspiracy theories are as much of the internet's thing as lying about things is President Trump's thing. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of President Trump's hospital visit, which includes all of the elements of our favorite internet conspiracy theories, because that's our thing. And speaking of our thing, as always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. I'm having a heart attack because I'm old and obese and I eat more fast food than a championship college football team. Get me an angioplasty. Also, I'm having a panic attack because I'm freaked out about impeachment. And a paper bag. Also, I'm actually totally fine. 
I'm just making an unnecessary trip to the hospital so I can fake a medical resignation so that I can avoid being removed from office after impeachment without having to admit guilt. And a less ethical doctor. Also, I was tricked into undergoing a mental fitness exam so that my administration can implement the 25th Amendment process of removing a mentally unfit president from office. And some ink blot tests. Also, I died, and I've been replaced with a body double. And a DVD of Weekend at Bernie's. To be fair, any of those explanations are more plausible than the White House line that he made an unannounced, unscheduled hospital visit to complete a small portion of his annual physical. This patient needs emergency surgery immediately or she will die. Surprise! I'm here to take a small portion of my annual physical that's scheduled for three months from now. Right away, Mr. President. Interrupting the regular workflow of a major hospital with an unannounced and unexpected presidential visit in order to take a small portion of a routine physical exam, which in every other instance is scheduled and takes place all at once, makes perfect sense. Uh, the little girl in the gurney died while you were explaining that. An unannounced presidential motorcade is bound to disrupt hospital services in a matter that could be avoided by a scheduled visit. I'm going to tweet about the perfect visit I had with this brave, but not as brave as me, little girl. The important thing is that you had some free time, and the most natural use of free time is to undergo a small portion of a physical exam scheduled for three months from now. That's totally plausible. Now, I'm just going to roll up your sleeve so I can draw a little blood. Yeah! What are you doing with that needle? I hate needles. Uh, relax, Mr. President. You'll barely even feel anything. Oh, fake news. You're going to give me an owie. I hate owies. Nobody hates owies more than drugs. Look over there. It's Vladimir Putin. Where? Where? I love Putin. Just a little pinprick. You tricked me. You gave me an owie, and you made me look for Putin. You're a dumb, dumb, meaty, poop-faced doctor. I know a certain president that's going to get a lollipop for being a big boy. <gasps> yeah, I love lollipops. Oh, actually, Mr. President, I'm all out of lollipops. It seems I gave my last one to that brave little girl. Uh, I'll just take hers. She doesn't need it anymore. While you're bent over stealing that dead girl's candy, I might as well give you your rectal exam. Jim Jordan, what are you doing up there? Looking for my jacket. Lollipop, lollipop, oh, lally, 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 lollipop. But dun 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 lollipop, lollipop, Trump wants a lollipop, Trump wants a lollipop, give me a lollipop, lollipop. But dun dun Following a disastrous interview on the BBC, where he referred to Jeffrey Epstein's child sex ring as, quote, Unbecoming. Prince Andrew has been forced to quit performing all of his public duties. Begging the question, what the hell are his public duties? Waving. Shaking hands occasionally. 
but mostly waving. Since he's basically unemployed now, we asked him to host a segment. But since he didn't want to work for us, since working involves doing work, we had to trick him using the timeless predator-catching technique perfected by the old NBC show To Catch a Predator. I'm a 15-year-old girl being held against my will by a creepy billionaire who forces me to have sex with his friends. Cheerio. Allow me to introduce you to my Prince Andrew. You're busted! I'm actually a 30-year-old journalist. Oh dear, this situation is most unbecoming. Unbecoming? You thought I was a teenage sex slave so you whipped out your penis? Uh, to be fair, I'm, I'm no longer permitted to shake hands or wave. That's because you've been stripped of your so-called royal duties after the disaster of an interview you gave the BBC in which you claimed you couldn't have raped a 17-year-old girl because you were at a pizza express on the night in question. Ah, yes. The pizza excuse. Good thinking. I regret the unbecoming introduction to my Prince Andrew, but I mistakenly thought you were delivering me a pizza and I mistook my wallet for the... Duke of my York. Are you really trying to cover your sexual assault with the same excuse for sexual assault that I just called you out for? Uh, indeed, it would appear so. I do regret having been unbecoming. However, having been born with a silver spoon up my buttocks, I am woefully inept at concocting fabrications that commoners find plausible. Speaking of implausible, in your BBC interview, you claimed that the reason you stayed at Jeffrey Epstein's house for four days after he had been arrested for child sex trafficking was to end your friendship. Why did it take you four days to end a friendship with a sex predator? Ah, uh, another rather unbecoming consequence of having been born with a silver spoon up my buttocks is a rather insatiable appetite for having silver spoons up my buttocks. And Jeffrey has the most delightful collection of silver spoons. So you spent four days shoving spoons up your butt before you ended the friendship? Gracious, no. Four days of buttock coming would be unbecoming. Uh, buttock coming becomes unbecoming after two days, but it becomes equally unbecoming to become unbecoming towards your unbecoming buddy with whom you've been buttock coming immediately after buttock coming with your unbecoming buddy. Uh, therefore, it became most becoming that becoming unbecoming towards my unbecoming buttock coming buddy be belated until two days after buttock coming with my unbecoming former buddy. Every time you speak, you make things worse. Ah, that is precisely why I rarely speak in public. Most people had never even heard of me until my regrettable relationship with Jeffrey Epstein was spread across the tabloids like so many vaginas. You're really bad at this. Oh dear, it would appear as though I have once again worsened a terrible moment with the clumsiness of my awkward tongue, like so many vaginas. Why do you continue to talk? 
I do apologize for my unbecoming manner of speech. It's just that when I'm revved up and right in the middle of it, I cannot stop myself until I am fully spent. Like so many- I will punch your face if you say vaginas. But the tragic thing is that I genuinely have no idea why any of what I said is wrong. No, the tragic thing is the trail of innocent victims whose lives you and your unbecoming buttock buddy, Jeffrey Epstein, have destroyed. I feel as though I should have been able to predict that response, and yet it confuses me. Human empathy baffles me. I want to possess it, but I find it confusing, emasculating, and frightening. Like so many vaginas. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin. Co-host and actress Molly Brown. And actors Corey Burns and Tommy Strack. Please subscribe to us where you subscribe to your podcasts, follow us on our social media, and tell all your friends. We appreciate your support. Fergalicious definition, make them boys go loco.